0: one Nuwanez now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Man, moments in time. I've been stuck on throwbacks. Gotta love it. As I uh, mentioned from time to time, I uh, do some spin classes down there at the Hype House, and gotten to be great friends with those gals that uh, that just whoop your butt, man. I tell you what, they just destroy you. It is awesome. <laughs> But they're always playing the throwback hip-hop, so whenever I get one that takes me back to, uh, you know, back in the day, I, uh, you know, get inspired to play it for you here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for hanging out with us on your Tuesday. Hope you're having a great week so far. Colter Nuana's coming to you live from the ESPN Montana studios at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. Missed anything in the first hour of today's show? Fun first hour Talked a little Fernando Tatis Jr. Talked a little Northern Arizona football. Heard from NAU head coach Chris Ball. We also heard from Helena Capital head coach Kyle Mahelish. And uh, we also had our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. You can find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast proudly presented by the Advocates, the M Store, and the Montana State Bookstore. We're going to talk some NFL Top 100, but first, how about this? You want some... Sandwiches? How about uh, a little olive oil? Maybe some uh, specialty pasta. Tagliari Delicatessen, not only a sandwich spot, but a great sandwich spot. Also have excellent selection of old country wines. They also have some very rare, a great variety of specialty pastas and oils. I love to get my olive oil there. Uh, it is really, really, really nice. And it'll definitely change your cooking. If you're into cooking... This will take it to the next level. If you're not into cooking, this might get you into cooking. So uh, go check out Tagliari Deli there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. And if you want some tag, call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number three. We got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen, 406-888-1029. And make sure to tune into Nuanas now every Tuesday for your chance to win Tagliari Deli. All right, so a, a bit of news that has come up on my uh, Twitter timeline: Tiana Johnson, who has one of the most atypical uh, paths that I've seen—a uh, Montana prep product—travels. She is from Kalispell, played a flathead high school. Was a great player up there at Flathead. Uh, this is hoops we're talking—women's basketball. Then she goes to Sacramento State out of high school, plays there in the crazy up-tempo system for Bunky Harker Road. Then things don't go that well at SAC, and so she decides to transfer. She lands at Idaho, and and where have several Idaho, or excuse me, several Montana products landed? That's with John Newley and the Idaho Vandals, Tiana Johnson, the latest one. Well, the news is that she was a senior a year ago, and uh, now it seems as if she's gotten a waiver or decided to come back. I don't actually know the details behind this, but it's just a tweet from the uh, Idaho Women's Basketball Twitter account saying, the rumors are true, Tiana Johnson is back for another year. So she, she's a good player uh, in the Big Sky Conference and uh, certainly a veteran player. She can shoot from the outside a little bit. She's a good rebounder and a uh, good mid-range shooter as well. So you know, when you get a starting caliber all-conference uh, potential player back in the fold, uh, that's a good thing. So uh, a welcome addition or a welcome retention, I should say, uh, for the Idaho Vandals. All right, let's talk some... Uh, NFL top 100. The list is out again. I know the the procedure of this list is uh, certainly not systematic. I mean, there's a system to it, but it's not perfect. It's a flawed system, to be sure. They, they give ballots to, I think, a, like a couple hundred guys in the NFL. For reference, there's, I don't know, 53 guys per roster times 32 teams. So, you know, close to probably 1,800 guys in the NFL. So they're only polling about 10 to 12% of the league, right? Obviously, there's going to be some top-of-mind awareness and stuff. And it's all for fun, but it's also just fun to debate this sort of stuff, too. So, you know, it's not written in stone. It's not, you know, the gospel according to the top 100. But I do think it's, it's, uh, it's a good conversation piece at the very least. And I know yesterday I was going crazy because I just can't get over that people don't get why Kirk Cousins isn't a valid option. If you want to have any sort of successful football team, both in the present and the future, but I promise I won't scream and yell nearly as much today. Uh, We got to number 93 yesterday. So here's where we're at with the, uh, we'll just go through a couple of these numbers and we'll get uh, a couple um, talking points out of this. Number 93 on this year's top 100 is Vaughn Miller. You know, it's it's interesting to think, is Von Miller still one of the best players in the NFL? Well, when you consider that at one point in time you could make an argument that Von Miller was the best player in the NFL, uh, it's a stark drop from where he was, yet, I mean, the guy's a first ballot hall of favor, and if you put him in the right situation, I guarantee you he can still get home a couple times per game. You know, at least put some pressure on a quarterback. And uh, he is now playing for the Buffalo Bills, which actually could be very good for him, given the personnel that the Bills have across the board. Uh, one of the most stacked defensive units in the league, Ed Oliver, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Star Latouille, who plays right next to him on the inside, really, really good. You know Matt Milano, one of the most intimidating inside linebackers, and he's paired with Tremont Edmonds, who's one of the other most intimidating inside linebackers in the league. Uh, Aaron Espineza, who was their first-round pick out of Iowa a couple of years ago, he has turned into a very good player as well. So. There's a lot of reinforcements for Vaughn Miller. If he can just be a specialty guy, uh, I think that he could definitely make some waves this year. Number 92, another guy, similar vein. Teron Smith, the starting left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Teron Smith was, was perennially in the top 20 of this top 100. I actually almost always thought Teron Smith was underrated when it came to this. The offensive linemen seem to always be underrated. Like, to me... If you're one of the best or the best guy at your respective position, you are obviously in the top 100, but you should also be higher than, like, 60. Like, for example, uh, number 60 is Corey Lindsey. That's the highest-rated center in the NFL. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers is who Corey Lindsey plays for. If you're the best center in the league, you should be higher than number 60 on the the top 100 list. But I digress. I always thought Teron Smith, even when he was in his prime, well, sometimes slightly underrated because I think when Teron Smith was at his best, I think he was one of, if not the best, offensive tackles in the NFL. I think he's a, a surefire Hall of Famer. And uh, so that, that gets you somewhere for sure. Number 91 on the NFL Top 100 is Kyle Pitts. And uh, it's funny because you know sometimes really talented rookies, actually a lot of times really talented rookies, get buried on really bad teams. That's why they're on the team because they – were drafted in the top five like Kyle Pitts was. He's the number four pick out of Florida. So I got to be honest. The Falcons were so uninteresting and bad last year that I didn't watch Kyle Pitts. So I don't really know about Kyle Pitts. (laughs) But if he's already making the top 100 list, that shows to me that he's uh, making waves. Sometimes, though, we have what we have in number 90 on this list, and that's Odell Beckham Jr., who right now is playing for no one. Odell Odell Beckham Jr. was once one of the best receivers in the NFL. Currently, I do not believe that he is. I think that he's still an adequate wide receiver, even good. He's not like in that top fifteen group, and I don't think he's a top one hundred player anymore. He doesn't play for anybody. If that shows you what the NFL thinks of him right now. So sometimes, like the brand name recognition gets in the way of these guys. Sometimes, if you are, you know, you got star power, then you get that top of mind awareness when these guys are filling out their their top one hundred ballot. And uh, so sometimes then you maybe get a little bit overrated. That's not to take anything away from what Odell Beckham Jr. has done in his career, but I, I just I don't think that he's quite there anymore. Number eighty nine on the NFL Top 100. You're listening to Nuana's now on ESPN Radio. Marshawn Lattimore, guy I really have enjoyed watching over his career. One of the best corners in the NFL, and even though he's a little bit older, I still think he's there. So I think this is totally justified. It's funny because. The NFL media machine and the the national broadcast they they hyperdrive the quarterback narrative in the league, and I get why they do it. It is the most important position in team sports. It's also the easiest for the consumer to palate. It's the easiest for the consumer to consume. When I say Saints, you say Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Sean Payton. You hardly ever think about the Saints defense. The Saints defense has been very good the last several years. Cameron Jordan up front, Marshawn Lattimore the leader uh, on the back end. They got that Ohio State flavor too, and I think they've brought that Ohio State swag to New Orleans. So uh, I think Lattimore, you know, one of the main faces of a, a very talented defense there uh, in uh, New Orleans. Number eighty-eight, Jonathan Allen for the Washington Commanders. See, I know I I, I know I'm a broken record sometimes. But I love when the big dude's in the middle. Again, that's how I watch football, is from the lines out. But everybody that's always screaming and yelling about the Washington football team and now the Washington Commanders just stinking up the joint, I always tell them, not so fast. They might have issues in their front, and they certainly have issues in their front office. They might have issues on their offensive side of the ball, and that's so much of how our opinions about NFL teams are crafted from time to time. But I always tell people that are hating on Washington, objectively watch their defense, especially their defensive line. When you pair Jonathan Allen, a top one hundred player, former SEC defensive player of the year out of Alabama, with a Mantres Sweat, one of the most physically imposing defensive ends in the league. And then you add Chase Young, who, if he can stay healthy, I think is a transcendent talent. I think he's an all time type of talent. I don't know if he's gonna be an all time great player. I'm not that's not what I'm saying. They just don't make dudes like that. I mean, he looks like a statue. He's 6'5", 265 pounds, lightning fast, great reach, great punch, great aggressiveness, great eyes, nose for the football, playmaker. So if you pair him with those other guys, now all of a sudden, you're cooking with some gas. you got some. You got a good defensive front. Washington has been good on defense the last couple of years. They've just been not any good on offense. They have a great defensive coach in Ron Rivera. So, I mean... I know that they get in their way so often. It's been the trend of the Redskins to the football team to the commanders. But if Washington is a tough out this year, I am not going to be surprised because I think they have a lot of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially on the defensive front, anchored by a guy like Jonathan Allen. Denzel Ward, number 87 on the top 100 list. He's a former Ohio State uh, number four overall draft pick from the, uh, by the Cleveland Browns, a cornerback. Uh, I actually was a little bit surprised he was a little bit higher. I think Denzel Ward is really, really good. I think he's one of the best corners in the league. I think he's one of the best young corners in the league. So I'm not surprised at all there. Shaq Barrett from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, outside linebacker, pass-rushing aficionado. He's number 86. I always like to, to uh, ask the trivia question. It was better when it was this year, not, not uh, two years ago. But who led the NFL on sacks two years ago? Most people don't remember that it was Shaquille Barrett. He's, uh, he's a great specialty pass rusher and uh, just a great player. So I think that uh, that's uh, at the very least an adequate spot uh, for him there coming off the edge uh, in Tampa Bay. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television going through some of our thoughts on the top 100 players in the NFL. Number 85 is a guy that I think is worth a little bit of a discussion here. I think it shows you what the league thinks of him. It's Mac Jones, former Alabama quarterback, now the New England Patriots. The Patriots were, were good down the stretch last year when Mac Jones took over as quarterback And I do think he has some upside. I was just a little surprised that he landed on the top 100. It's funny, though, too, uh, the way that social media and pictures of you with your shirt off can influence (laughs) people's opinions. You know, Mac Jones is is not carved out of granite like Chase Young. Who is? Mac Jones looks like most of us, not most of the guys in the NFL. That doesn't really matter when you're playing quarterback. And I think it's funny... (laughs) You know, there's there's been this 20-plus-year narrative all about Tom Brady. Oh, this slow-footed, dorky, you know, can't move, unathletic, doesn't have an ab within 100 miles. How did this guy become the greatest quarterback of all time? Well, first of all, it's all about what's what's between your ears. It's all, Second of all, it's about circumstances and some good fortune. But I think that Mac Jones, I think people were kind of surprised with how good he was last year because I think they thought he wasn't going to be any good because of the picture that circulated around Twitter of him with a cigar in his mouth and his shirt off, you know, looking like an everyday guy uh, instead of, uh, you know, some sort of Greek God or something. But I think that the fact that he landed on this list shows the respect he has amongst his peers and amongst the NFL. Andrew, what did you think of, of Mac Jones? Is, is this an overrated Mac Jones or, or is this justified with the way he played down the stretch last year for the Pats? Well, I don't know. Do you think he's better than Kirk Cousins? No question. Okay, well, there you go then. Uh, it's just an overrating of quarterbacks in general. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Like I was describing yesterday, my beef with Kirk Cousins is not as much that Kirk Cousins is so bad. as that Kirk Cousins is so not bad but also so not good enough. But Mac Jones is making one-twentieth of the money that Kirk Cousins is making— and he's a 23-year-old second-year guy, not a 33-year-old guy. I mean, I don't even know. I have such disdain for Kirk Cousins that I don't even know the, the, uh, the specifics of it all. But uh, there's a lot of road left in front of Mac Jones uh, in his NFL career. How about that? Right off the top of my head, 33 years old for, for Kirk Cousins. He's been in the league since 2012, so this will be his 11th uh, NFL season. Mac Jones is not only better than than Kirk Cousins straight up, he's also a significantly better uh, quarterback asset. Number 84 on the NFL Top 100, Rokon Smith. Uh, It's always fascinating to me when guys are just so ready-made that they are just like the only thing that's going to make them fail is if they get hurt. Like Roquan Smith, the day I first saw him play at Georgia, I was like, that dude is so league, it is crazy. Then he was a number eight overall pick to the Chicago Bears, and he's a day one starter, and he's their best player. I mean, Khalil Mack is their best player, um, but Roquan Smith was one of the best linebackers right out the box. I mean, Devin Davis in Tampa Bay is very similar to this too. It's just like, wow, these guys were so so NFL-ready coming out of college. It's hard to even process. But Roquan Smith, no, no debating that he should be in the top 100 players in the NFL. Number 83, Wyatt Teller of the Cleveland Browns. Big boy. Offensive guard. It's it's probably harder to make this list as an offensive guard. Probably the only position it's harder to make it at is like kicker and punter and long snapper. I think that offensive guard is probably the hardest spot to make this top 100 list at. Because you got to be the best at your position, and you're still going to be underrated. But I uh, I think that Wyatt Teller uh, he probably is underrated. It's so interesting too because again they're always talking about the main narrative the quarterback the quarterback the quarterback. When I say Cleveland Browns, what do you think? You think Baker Mayfield drama, Deshaun Watson disaster, Kareem Hunt maybe holding out, Nick Chubb maybe going to be my fantasy guy this year. You know Jarvis Landry the slot guy if you're playing in a PPR league. Miles Garrett, former number one overall pick. Jadavion Clowney. What about Wyatt Teller? What if I told you the Cleveland Browns have one of the three best offensive lines in the league? Did you know that? Does anybody care? (laughs) I just think it's crazy that in the national landscape, we don't analyze what's the most important thing in football. Dominating the line of scrimmage. The edge guys get a ton of publicity because they sack the quarterback. Who is the quarterback running from? That's what they tell you all about. Who's the quarterback? Who's chasing the quarterback? What about all the rest of the guys that make it all happen? The guys on the inside are the ones that make it all happen. I know that I'm sounding like a salty lineman right now, but uh, Wyatt Teller, a good player, maybe one of the best players in the league that you've never heard of. You want to now you Spin Radio, SWX Montana Television? We'll just do a couple more. We'll get to 80. How about that? And uh, then uh, we'll, we'll take a pause and we'll come back to this uh, later on this week and this month. Number 81 is Justin Simmons uh, for the uh, Denver Broncos. The Broncos have had great safety play. The Broncos have actually had great defensive play the last several years, and I think that that's why there's a lot of optimism in Denver about uh, their prospects now that they added a almost certain-to-be Hall of Fame player at quarterback in Russell Wilson. But I must say that I didn't know that much about Justin Simmons uh, until last season. And uh, he certainly was very noticeable when you would watch the Broncos. He's a very big safety in the NFL. It's funny, too. I think one of the other big misperceptions in the National Football League is what people think the size of the guys are. There's certainly massive players in the NFL. And most of the guys that play on the fronts, like I'm sitting here screaming about are those massive, superhuman guys. Linebackers, too, more more often than not, the linebackers are big. But it's more important that the linebackers are fast. But because of all the guys that play on the perimeter are so fast now, defensive backs are not very big, actually. And safety is like, for every Cam Chancellor, 6'4", 220, you know, there's a... I'm trying to think of a good one. There's a Bob Sanders, you know. A, a, I mean, Tron Matthews one of the one of the most diverse best safeties in the NFL. He's 6 foot, 190 pounds. I mean, Buda Baker, same thing for the Cardinals. Great player at safety. He's, you know, 5'11", 185, 190 pounds. So, uh, Justin Simmons it has great size at 6'2", 2, 208 pounds. And uh, he's a hitter. He's aggressive. He's got a lot of um, diverse skills. And uh, he's putting together a pretty darn good career there. Uh, in Denver last year, he had five picks, um, scored a defensive touchdown, also broke up another 15 passes, so uh, 80 total tackles. He, he's definitely maybe a guy that you haven't heard of, an under-the-radar guy, but a really good one. And our last one for today, NFL Top 100 here on uh, Nuanas Now, is James Conner. What a story James Conner is. He went to Pitt. He had cancer while he was in college, came back from that, ended up going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, got in a weird situation with Le'Veon Bell and his, is he in, is he out, his contract disputes. When Le'Veon Bell was out for a while, James Conner stepped in and became a legitimate featured running back. But then when he sort of got some tread on the tires and then they were still waffling between Le'Veon Bell and, and Conner, the Steelers let Conner go and... Uh, then, but then went and drafted Najee Harris out of Alabama. And Connor landed with the Cardinals, and everybody was kind of wondering okay, how's he going to fit into Cliff Kingsbury's offense? It's a very air raid, spread style attack. You got a very unorthodox quarterback in Kyler Murray. You also got a guy like Chase Edmonds that's there, who's a typical scat back, dual threat type guy. So, where's Connor going to fit in? And Connor's been great in Arizona, and he's also uh, continued to prove people wrong. There's the story of perseverance here, yet I, I think that there's also a perception that this guy's just going to run out of gas at some point. But at this point, he has not. So it continues to be a really good story. We'll dive back in, maybe do 10, 15 more of these later on this week. But for now, we shall take this thing to a more Big Sky Conference and Montana-Montana State angle next year on Nuanas Now. The reasons why and the reasons why not, the aspiring future pros that used to play for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies might be able to stick in the league or not. Keep it right here. NFL from the big sky next on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com. One, two, three! is now on ESPN Radio. Does anybody know where NEO went? I like NEO. What's up everybody? (laughs) I'm just all the way into my high school jams now. Just, uh, you know, taking it back to the old school. There used to be this channel on uh, cable TV, MTV Jams, and all they would do is play hip-hop songs, uh, hip-hop music videos. Man, we used to just put that on and have a good time. I, I was wondering, I was I was texting one of my oldest friends, uh, I send her our playlist here sometimes when it has throwback jams on it, you know, just to get her re-inspired, or, you know, I let her have a moment of nostalgia, and we were uh, discussing today, do, do kids still, still sit around and listen to music? Like, that was a distinctly... Uh, Multi generational American phenomenon, like from you know the the explosion of rock and roll to the British invasion, all the way through you know, the the massive spike in the record industry and live music in the nineteen seventies, up through the MTV era of the eighties and nineties, TRL, even into the two thousands. You just sit around and listen to music, or drive around and listen to music, or party and listen to music, whatever. I know there's still music at the party and all that stuff, but I just wondered, like, do kids just get together and kick it? And be like, yo, listen to this new song. I think they still do. I hope they still do. What a great thing. What a, I'm always looking for things that bring the people together. So this is now ESPN Radio, SW, uh, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Let's take a look at some NFL stuff through the lens of the Big Sky Conference. A large collection of players uh, from the Big Sky, including the Montana schools, that got a shot uh, at the next level. I thought Montana State, just in terms of pure professional-level talent last year, was one of the best teams that I've seen. It was certainly the best Bobcat team in terms of overall talent. And the Grizz, who were the team in terms of a pipeline from the big sky to the NFL for a very long time, from the late 90s all the way through the mid-2010s, even in the post-Bobby Halk, uh handful of years, there's still guys that were brought in by Coach Alkin and, and still guys that just came out of the Grizz football program, period, like Jordan Tripp, Brock Coyle, Caleb McSurdy, Tremaine Johnson, uh, Tyrone Holmes, that all went on to play in the NFL. But then there was sort of this this dry spell where there's not that, not as many scouts coming to Missoula for pro day and not as many uh, NFL-caliber guys r- running through the, the tunnel at Washington Grizzly Stadium. But now it seems like there's a little bit of momentum to get that that back. And uh, so I think what I'm saying is that there's a reason for NFL scouts to come to Montana and Montana State now. There was a couple NFL scouts out at Grizz practice when I was out there on Monday uh, as well. And uh, so there's, there's certainly um, talent here. Will there be as much talent at MSU anytime soon as there was last year? I'm not sure. Uh, that's a, that's going to be a hard thing to replicate when you're talking about multiple drafted players off your defense plus a couple other guys that I think have legitimate shots to make rosters. So let's go through it. We'll go through to some of the guys that people that are listening to this show in this state or that pay attention to this state that maybe don't live in Montana are most interested in. We'll start first with Troy Anderson. I mean, I think that Troy Anderson's in a different boat than almost every Big Sky guy I've ever covered. Most Big Sky guys are trying to make the roster – Corey Anderson is trying to be a starter as a rookie. I mean, it's, it's a totally different game when you're the 58th overall pick in the draft and the uh, Montana State do everything inside linebacker. He's right now uh, listed as a two on the depth chart, but Deion Jones, who is uh, objectively Atlanta's best inside linebacker, their most productive guy, the guy that they've sort of, at least one of the cornerstones that they built their defense around, uh, he's out right now. So Anderson might be able to slide in there. He's also competing with, with Rayshawn Evans, who's a, a guy out of um, Alabama, a former first-round pick out of Bama. So there's a lot of youth on that uh, Atlanta defense. And uh, so we'll see. But similar pedigrees, I think that sometimes that's important. If you're Troy Anderson and you're trying to win a starting job and you're competing with other guys that are also young players that also have similar pedigrees than you – uh, I, I And I mean pedigree in terms of your draft status, like where you were drafted. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to give you some sort of false tale that Montana State is anywhere close to LSU where Deion Jones went or Alabama where Rayshon Evans went. But Rayshon Evans was a, a second-round pick number 52 overall, and Deion Jones, same thing. So you're competing with other second-round picks. And so uh, how does that... Influence the way that they see you as an asset more than as a player. But Anderson's got plenty of publicity. Uh, he's gotten plenty of reps with the first team. So I think at the very least he's going to be a rotational guy who's playing on special teams and maybe he gets into the mix there uh, as a starter. We'll see. But I, I think that Troy Anderson's roster status is uh, objectively a lot different than almost every other big sky guy that, that I've covered uh, in my 16 years covering this league. I mean, it's basically. Cooper Cup, uh, Tremaine Johnson, and Troy Anderson as the guys that are, you know, they're not battling to make that fifty-three man. They're battling to make that purse string. That's that's a whole different uh, game than a lot of the other guys are in. That said, Daniel Hardy out of Montana State was also drafted in the seventh round by the Los Angeles Rams, and I think he's done enough uh, to be on the team. I think that he's still going to have to have one more good preseason performance. But he had three tackles. The other night against the Chargers in the preseason debut, uh, he looked the part. He got off a nice block and chased down a ball carrier in space. So that's kind of what they want to see to make sure that the speed of the game is not too much for you. And Hardy has great speed, so I think as a drafted guy, uh, he'll be right there. New Orleans now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Dylan Cook is the uh, the only guy that was on last year's Montana squad that's in the NFL right now. He is out of Butte, Montana, a all-big-sky offensive tackle for the Grizzlies a year ago. And he got about 35 reps as the uh, the third-string left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the other night. So he played uh, down the stretch. He did get called for a holding call. Uh, but he's getting reps. I think he's just got to make the most of those reps. I think that Cook is a guy that has such great raw tools. I mean, he's a real-deal 6'6", 315 pounds, and he's got, you know, good muscle structure. He was also a great basketball player in high school, so he's got good feet. And so I think that you know the thing that he the, the gap he needs to close is just that mentality of being an offensive lineman because even though he was a great offensive lineman for the Grizz, he only played the position for a couple years. So just having it become natural to him, being able to maul people up front, that's important. And certainly a skill that you can develop. If he can, I think he's going to be a roster type guy. I think he also just needs to get stronger. And You know, it's crazy to say because the kid is obviously very strong compared to the normal person or the normal football player. But you know, if you're trying to play tackle in the NFL, you got to be next level. You got to be unbelievably strong. And so, you know, I think that there's things though that he can. You can't change how tall you are. You can't change your body structure. He, God gave him those things, and and those things look good for him. Now, there's things he can change, though. You can get stronger. You can hone your mentality. So, if he can do that, okay, maybe he can find his way onto the roster or the practice squad for Tampa Bay. I do think, though, because he has the things you can't teach, that gives him a good opportunity to at least land on the practice squad and then continue to work on chasing that goal. Samari Torre is a guy that came to Montana out of Portland, spent a couple years here, had a record-setting year in 2019. Then he graduated, and uh, he... Went to Nebraska as a graduate transfer. Got drafted in the seventh round by the Green Bay Packers. And he had a couple catches the other night uh, for the Packers, including a 23-yard reception on a first down, a third down into a first down. So that's a good sign. I think that Torre, uh, he he fits the mold of of a guy that can get on the field, especially as a slot-type guy in that Packers offense. And make no mistake, if Torre makes it onto the active roster, he's going to play and he's going to get balls. I mean, he'll – you know, catch 10, 12, maybe even 20 balls this next year if he's on the roster. And maybe somebody gets hurt and he gets even more chance, more opportunity. Who knows? But I think that he is uh, definitely a guy that's right there. And I think a guy that I would say has an inside track to, to making that active roster, especially as a drafted guy. You on his Dallas spin radio? Lewis Kidd has good returns so far a couple saints writers were tweeting about him earlier today saying don't sleep on lewis kidd i think that he's a guy that can make the roster i think he's a guy that can make a roster as well kid has like dylan cook some of the natural gifts the prototype size and length kid though also has a lot more experience because he was playing offensive line for his whole career at montana state save like a redshirt year where he got to to uh Experiment as a defensive tackle, but I think the coaching staff always knew he was going to be an offensive tackle, and uh, then he went out and did it. But I think that the other thing that makes kid, besides you know six six three thirty, is a is a good entry point. <laughs> it's a good uh, it's a good bullet point on your resume as an NFL offensive lineman. The other thing though is he played both guard and tackle and on both sides in Montana State. That's the type of guy that NFL teams like as a backup because then they can justify signing you, and it doesn't matter who gets hurt. I don't know if Lewis Kidd could play center in the NFL, but I do think he can play guard, power tackle, and blindside tackle uh, in the National Football League. So it's intriguing to sign him as a backup because then he could be your first or second guy off the bench depending on if one of your guys goes down, and he could get him for probably a rookie minimum, if not a little bit more than that. So it's a good salary cap move as well. So I think Lewis Kidd has an inside track to make the active roster. And then the last guy we'll touch on is Lance McCutcheon, Bozeman high product who waited his turn at Montana state for multiple seasons. He only caught 18 passes combined between 2017, 2018 and 2019. Then last year he went out, led the country in yards per catch, scored double digits and touchdowns. And uh, he was the best deep threat in the FCS. And that he was a key factor in Montana state's run to the national championship game. He was also a key factor in, In the emergence of Tommy Mallott. Because what can Tommy Mallott do best? He can run the RPO and throw the back shoulder fade. Uh, That that is his elite skill as a quarterback. I know there's a lot of question marks around Tommy Mallott. And if he can develop into a complete quarterback. Those question marks are certainly not answered yet. And uh, are to be determined if they will be answered anytime soon. But the one thing I do know is that one of the hardest throws. To be able to make as a young quarterback. Is that back shoulder fade. And that is the one throw that Tommy Mallott makes the best. Now, can he make that throw to guys that aren't named Lance McCutcheon? Because if you watch the game between the Rams and the Chargers on Saturday, well, Lance McCutcheon do. He caught a back shoulder fade and then threw the defender on the ground and raced in for a 60-yard touchdown. So I would I would reckon to say that he has an elite skill at that. If you can do it at the NFL level, of course you were doing it at the FCS level. Can Tommy Watt we'll still make that throw without Lance McCutcheon? We'll see. But McCutcheon not only caught the 60-yard bomb, he also caught another touchdown in the fourth quarter, that basically proved to be the game-winning touchdown. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff on social media with some of the sideline shots of him and Daniel Hardy uh, celebrating shouting out Montana State. McCutcheon gave the post-game speech for the Rams. So they are certainly uh, intrigued with this kid at the very least. And uh, what a story, man. A-, a guy that was basically turned into a glorified blocking receiver for most of his career at Montana State, stays around, sticks in his hometown, has a breakout year, and now... I think he also has an inside track at fighting for a roster spot uh, in the National Football League with the Los Angeles Rams. Last one, Trey Webb is a guy who was a free agent uh, rookie minicamp invite for the Falcons. He did well enough in that rookie minicamp to get an invite to training camp, played his first preseason game for the Falcons, a safety out of Montana State by way of San Jose State. And today he got cut. So, thanks, Andrew. Thank you for uh, updating this before the show. I had not known that until I turned the page on the outline here. But Trey Webb gets cut by Atlanta. We'll keep you up to date uh, if he lands anywhere else uh, here this preseason. So, there you go. An update on the uh, Big Sky Conference guys, the guys from the Montana schools fighting for NFL roster spots. What's going down tomorrow? Fun show. We'll let you know what's coming up. And take you home here on your Tuesday. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. What's up, Montana? Welcome to Throwback Tuesday. Just feeling in some sort of mood. I drank this crazy tea. It's got me just juiced. I love it. (laughs) Once I get the people that are supplying said elixir uh, as an advertiser on the radio, I'll tell you all about it. But uh, in the meantime, appreciate it. Feeling great. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your uh, Throwback Tuesday. Hope you're having a phenomenal day, a phenomenal evening. Mr. thinking today's show, you can always find it on the Nuances Now podcast. Fun show, talked some uh, big sky conference football heard from Northern Arizona head coach Chris Ball, also heard from Helena Capital head coach Kyle Mahalish. and ahead our Treasure State Stars. We also did some NFL Top 100 Some big sky to the NFL updates on some of the guys from the Cats and the Grizz that are fighting for NFL roster spots. So all of it can be found on all of your podcast hosting platforms. And the Nuana's Now podcast proudly presented by the M-Store, the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. What's going on the rest of the week? Fun shows coming up. Tomorrow, one of our uh, good friends of this show, a guy who is always gracious with his time to join us, and is just a pro at doing media because he's sometimes spotlighting in the media. Calispell your head coach Grady Bennett, former Grizz quarterback, longtime high school football coach, he'll join us to talk all things Class AA football, and uh, should be fun catching up with Coach Bennett. Also going to swing in and see Dane Oliver tomorrow as well. Uh, meant to catch up with Coach Oliver today, but got caught up with some stuff. News out of Sentinel though, this just hit the Twitter sphere. Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel star, uh, two-sport athlete, in fact, one of the best players for the Missoula Mavericks as well, but certainly one of the best offensive weapons for the two-time defending state champion Sentinel Spartans, a three-star recruit there out of Sentinel. Uh, Really electric running back who can do a lot. I actually think this guy is talented enough and runs well enough. I think he could play uh, either offensive skill position at Montana State, either running back or receiver. He's going to do a lot for Sentinel this year. I think they're going to get the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can, whether it's out of the backfield, in the slot, or as a kicker-turner. But he today committed to Montana State. I think there's a lot of people that thought that the Grizzlies had an inside track on Adam Jones. I know he was also getting recruited pretty heavily by the Ivy League schools, particularly Columbia. And uh, So I don't know. I mean, is it a bit of a surprise, maybe, that, uh, that Adam Jones is headed to the Bobcats. Uh, I don't know. But I'm heading down to Missoula Sentinel practice tomorrow to catch up with Coach Oliver. And uh, I think that would probably be a pretty good place to find Adam Jones. So maybe we'll have an update on uh, Jonesy as well. Uh, But that's the uh, the recruiting news of the day. It seems to be a trend right now. A lot of in-state recruits giving their pledges, their verbal commitments, uh, before their senior years begin. And I think that that's uh, always a fun thing for these kids because not only do they get some attention, some publicity, some, some well-deserved um, praise, but also it, uh, it gives them no distractions going into their senior year, right? They, they can know where they're headed. So uh, I don't know when we'll play that Adam Jones or if I can even get him wrangled up tomorrow, but we'll find out more about that situation and probably hear from Dane Oliver either tomorrow or later on this week. Tomorrow also, though, being a Wednesday, we will have our ESPN roundtable during the 5 o'clock hour like we always do. And this is a heck of a guest. Casey Fitzsimmons, Chester, Montana, eight-man football, Carroll College, and then went on to play for the Detroit Lions. I thought of this one because I've been watching the Detroit Lions hard knocks and uh, don't be late, don't be overweight is probably my new favorite saying, thanks to Dan Campbell. Unfortunately for me, I'm both always, <laughs> but either way, Casey Fitzsimmons is a personal friend of Dan Campbell. So Casey Fitzsimmons, Chester's Finest will join us to talk, uh, don't be late, don't be overweight, Mr. Dan Campbell. How many push-ups can this guy really do? we'll, we'll also talk about life in the NFL, what it was like going from eight man to a national championship program there at Carroll, and then into the National Football League, and I'm sure we'll get to much, much more. So there you go, that's your... Uh, your scoop for what's going down tomorrow. Hopefully you will join us. We'll be back at it at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now ESPN Radio.